It's time to go beyond the locker room talk and listen in with me, GB, producer Jay, former patients and current friends of our own Cornell-trained, world-renowned urologist and surgeon, Dr. Michael Hyman. Let's talk about the issues on men's minds where no topic's out of bounds on another sit-down with two men and a doc. Welcome to this week's podcast. Jay, how you doing today? I'm good, GB. How are you? Good, good. Doctor? GB, JT, I'm, uh, I'm in good shape. Yeah. Have I got a topic to discuss today? We're waiting. <laughs> We're, on the We're on the edge of our seats, Talk man. Talk about a pregnant pause. Yeah. Circumcision. Oh, I take it back. So um, what, let, 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 let's start by talking about what, what exactly it is and maybe even a bit of history, if you can, and uh, talk about maybe uh, some of the health benefits and trends and all that kind of interesting stuff. Yeah, well, we can just start out by saying the what it is. I think most people out there know it's removing the foreskin. Um, what's interesting... What, just, what, what is the foreskin? Uh, we knew that was going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that in a second, but what I wanted to just say is what's interesting is that with the exception of those curious uh, internet searchers, a lot of people out there who are circumcised don't really aren't really familiar with what an uncircumcised penis looks like. So you're saying there's and by, and circumcision versa. curious. Yeah, there's there's Con circumcision curious and there's non-uncircumcision curious. People who are oh. circumcised are sort of like, hmm, I wonder what that earns uncircumcised. Mm. And, and, it, and it goes both ways for both men and women. Like women who are used to having uh, partners who are circumcised are kind of like freaked out if they suddenly come upon a guy who is uncircumcised. And I've had people come to me saying, yeah, my girlfriend, we've been together for two years and it just really freaks her out that I'm uncircumcised. So we've decided that I'm going to get circumcised. I remember in college, girls referred to it, I think, as turtleneck versus German helmet or something along uh, those lines. Or, or, or I'll tell you, in other communities, they'll just say, like, cut versus uncut. So, uh -huh. so, so doctor, doctor. So what has, is the foreskin? Well, hold on. Before we get to that. Uh-oh. We're going backwards. Yeah, we're already. We're, we already hit the back <laughs> One pedal. step forward, two steps back. No, this is like three steps yeah. back. As a urologist. That's true. As a Cornell-trained, oh, world-renowned okay. urologist That's, and surgeon, okay. you've probably seen... More penises than a porn actress. She loves to talk about this. So, um, and a, it's an interesting stat. And you I'm are so circumcised. I'm so proud. You are wait, circumcised. Wait a minute, we're getting into personal health well, issues. Here's my question. What about you? Because we, yes, I am. Oh, so we we talked about circumcision curious out. and non-circumcision curious. You as a are you curious? Well, I'm asking you as a circumcised I male. Know. I know plenty. Have you now that you've seen both sides or both folds of the penis, if you will? If you will. <laughs> <laughs> if you won't. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Since since I'm assuming on day eight you were circumcised. Don't pound the table. Stop banging the table, GB. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was hearkening back to... Are you uh, asking I, about my own feelings in, about having well, been circumcised? So no, 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 no. Just no, so no, everyone no. knows we're in a new studio today. So <laughs> GB, is, GB is having a hard time controlling he's, it. Like, he's adjusting, folks. <laughs> well, you've seen both sides. So you're circumcised and then you've seen the uncircumcised. Do, do you have a personal preference? Absolutely not. You know, as a, as a urologist, I try to remain completely 
non-judgmental. Well, you know, actually, uh, so I'll, you're, I'll, you're, I'll turn this into a slightly serious question, which is, <laughs> is there is there a difference in in the, not operating, but you know, when you're dealing with fairly standard issues with the circumcised versus the uncircumcised? Well, I mean, strictly speaking, there's more to deal with in somebody who's uncircumcised because they're like, for instance, if you're doing an exam, you have to pull back the foreskin. Sometimes that's a... Is there a medical code some, for that? No, but sometimes... Well, actually, yes. Sometimes you <laughs> can't pull it back because it's stuck and it's it pulled over. And you get to bill for that. We call that phimosis. Stuck. Is phimosis. That phimosis. Is that why they're there? There's phimosis and paraphimosis. Phimosis means that this foreskin will not come back. You can't pull it back. And some people either... Oh, my. Yeah, and some people are either uh, discomforted by it because, like, if they're having an erection and they are having sex or something like that and the foreskin is stuck in its in its position, pulled over its the head of the penis, it's painful when they're trying to have sex because the foreskin will not go back. Oh my. So that's that's one issue. And as a physician, if you're trying to do an exam and it's stuck and it won't come back because maybe it's scarred or whatever, it's it's a challenge. And the question is like, well what do you have to do? And you have to decide, you have to use judgment. You know, sometimes Maybe you have to put a catheter in this person and you can't get the catheter in unless we have the foreskin Ooh. pulled back. Okay. And so then we might have to talk about doing a circumcision. All right. All right. So let, let's let, let's come back to that other question. Or what other e procedures. What exactly is the foreskin? Foreskin is just uh, an extra layer of uh, of skin, but it's two layers, actually. If you Two uh, layers? Yeah, I'm not sure how, how... The best way I try to tell people this is that like if you, if you think of like your sock... I don't know if you can imagine this because it's hard on, on an audio without giving you the visual. And you and you take your sock, you pull it up, but then you, you're you not folding so it over cotton itself. Cotton sock or a nylon sock? Cotton sock. And you're pulling down. Hmm, I don't know if I can do this. Instead of folding it down, you're pulling the sock back down. Like a banana? And, and bunching it so that the... Ooh, I'm not going to be able to do this. So that the layer of sock can fold over itself, but you're not reflecting it over. Oh, I see. It's like it's like it it's like rolling back the sock no, and then it rolls back up. I'm, I'm you, not. You I don't roll know if I can do this. it down. You roll it back up. No, I think he's bunching it. Is this a crew cut sock? Is anybody, sock or is anybody wearing <laughs> socks today? Are you wearing socks? I have a crew. I have a small, a low cut. That's okay. Let me put it up on this chair. Oh boy. And then you guys can we're, tell me. We're how doing to demos this. now on a podcast. Yeah. So imagine. Wait, Michael. We really can't hear you. Okay, so now I'm not folding it this way. That would be folding it over, right? Yes. I'm folding it straight down, but like this. You see what I'm doing? Yeah, you're bunching yes. up the sock at, at, at the base almost, of the ankle. It's almost a fold and a bunch going down. Got Anyways, it. the point is I'm not really doing a good job here. It is two layers of skin. So what? So when when you have to do a circumcision, you actually have to cut two layers and that's why you have to have stitches. I'm not really doing a good no, job. No, 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 that's fine. This. So uh, another question. It's so, really hard so to you, you've been practicing for 20 years at yes, least. Yes, about. So, when it, when it comes to your male patients, what percentage come in that are circumcised versus uncircumcised? Okay, well, now you're getting into sort of what percentage in the United States are circumcised, really. Okay. And the answer is, in the United States, it's a high percentage of people circumcised. And it, it actually doesn't necessarily fall upon, like, religious lines. Sure, all Jews are virtually, all of them are virtually circumcised. But in our country, it's more of, like, um, a, a, a sort of a social trend 
that people in our country, it's something on the order of like 70%. It used to be higher. It's actually gone down a little bit. Right. From, but right. it used to be that as a standard thing, people were circumcised at birth. But if you look at like Latin American countries or African countries, like almost none of the population right. is circumcised. It's like 99% are uncircumcised. So it, it's really flipped in our country. Um, even European countries, it's more like maybe 40% are circumcised, something like that. So the answer to your question is, I would say, you know, 70% of people who I see in my office are circumcised. It must be a challenge in this country as you've got multicultural families and people right. that, that are right. first generation or second generation. And listen, there's something about looking like your father, to be honest. You know, it's like that's that's a natural that's a big thing. inclination yeah. for Absolutely. people to, to be concerned about. But on the other hand, it's potentially not what the rest of their community is. There's also the... There's also the um, you know, the, what your community is doing, right? So like I had somebody recently, and you brought this up before, who, whose father was circumcised, whose mother was Jewish. And believe it or not, she did not want their son to be circumcised. She felt like it was, you know, some form of, she was very liberal minded and felt like it was a form of, of kind of a mutilation in what way or it would add. I, I, mean, I have, I have a another. question on that. So it, when I got to finish this story, this thought though, because we, we got to get back to it, because you're gonna, I'm gonna lose my train of thought. Right, so hold it, hold it, GB, and then we'll come back. So okay. just let me finish this. So she walked, uh, he, the father walked in with the son and said, My son is now like 15 and he's really upset that he's not circumcised. Aye, aye, aye. And I said, Really? And he says, Yeah, because they're going in the locker room at school for PE. All of like, right. all of his buddies are all circumcised. And I'm circumcised. That's not the place you want to be the, the center of The father, who wasn't Jewish, was circumcised. And he said, and when, we, when he was born, we got into a big argument because I told my wife, I think he should be circumcised. He should look like me. Plus, you're Jewish. But she was staunchly against it. Now at 15, the son wants to be circumcised. Right. And did, okay. what happens there? We did a circumcision. Yeah. So here's my question. In humans, as they develop... Is there a difference in the sensitivity of the nerve endings? Well, this comes up. And that, you know, when you're doing something to somebody as an infant versus when they're 15 versus when they're in their 20s or 30s, is there a difference in, in, in the pain, feeling, and thresholds that may be experienced? Well, there's, there's actually two questions there then because one is that, which is how difficult is the, the procedure? But the second is, is there a difference? Do we know? the difference of the nerve endings from the circumcised versus the uncircumcised, just in general. Right. So obviously you can't tell for somebody who has done at birth because they can't give you that comparison. The only people that can really like give you some kind of objective answer to that are people who are circumcised, you know, past a certain age, usually past puberty. Right. And they'll tell you like sexually speaking, if there's a, a different, um, experience, either sexually speaking or otherwise, what do they say? You know, it's, it's, for the most part, once everything's healed up, they'll say, no, it's pretty much the same. But if you go online and you watch, look at these like chat boards and there are some people who will say, oh, I've totally lost my sensitivity. And then there are some people who will say, oh, my God, it's so much more sensitive and I'm having such a more intense sexual experience. It's all over the map. I would say it's like a it's kind of a. You know, 90% of people probably would tell you there's really no difference. And then there's 10% of people who are literally split on either side. Okay. All right. Some I'm, saying it's more intense. Some people are saying it's less right. intense. I, I've got loads of questions. But uh, but before I get into, oh, in, in, into the loads of questions, oh boy. I, 
is there, if you are thinking about circumcising your 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 son, um, or if you're an adult male, yeah, thinking about circumcising, I get plenty yourself. of guys coming in and want to be circumcised yeah. as adults. Yeah, are what are the complications that can come of this procedure? Yeah, I mean, I think the the biggest issue. Let's just speak for the adults. Um, I mean, I'll tell you very quickly that the, there's the immediate complications and probably the number one is bleeding. And that's true for a newborn, a pediatric aged patient, you know, six or eight years old or an adult. The number one complication is bleeding. Is that, and, is that from cutting too much? No, that just that just means that you're you're cutting skin and you're sewing two edges back together. When you do a circumcision, you leave a little skirt, and, and this is a formal circumcision, I'm not talking about a newborn. A newborn, you literally just cut the skin off and both of those layers, and they fuse back together because they're so, the skin is so thin but so vascular, it heals up, it doesn't have to be stitched, and it's such a small surface area compared to a younger child or an adult. Assuming you don't cut too deeply. Well, you're pull, the way these guys do it in the newborns is they pull the foreskin way over the head of the penis and they cut at the beyond the head of the penis and everything kind of retracts back and so they just it just heals up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my! It just fuses as, back. As yeah. Cat Stevens once said, the first cut is the deepest. There you go. <laughs> Um, but anybody, I, sure anybody older a, than a newborn, a it's, a, it's a cover song. <laughs> he wrote it. There you go. <laughs> look it up. I have to look that one up. The anybody older that we'll play that in the uh, in the office waiting room. Oh, no, we can't afford. We can't afford <laughs> no, that. I'll put that in the waiting room. Um, the um, the uh, um, anybody older than a newborn, it all has to be stitched, individual stitches. So you're talking a collar of stitches behind the head of the penis, numbering about 14 individual stitches. And the answer to your question is, if you develop bleeding, it's not so much bleeding on the outside. They're not going to have like so much blood loss that they need like a blood transfusion. It's not about the quantity of blood. It's that the blood gets trapped inside underneath the skin and they end up with what we call a hematoma, which means that blood is kind of building up and trapped underneath the skin and you end up with this kind of like sausage sized penis and you're like, mm. but it's not in a good way. It's painful oh. and it's filled with blood. And so we have to remove the stitches, blood evacuate, sausage. evacuate the blood and then kind of stop the bleeding and then re reclose it. So that's that's sort of the biggest complication. It's super rare. I mean, I, in my in my career, it's never I've never seen it so, happen. So, so can we just? I mean, I'm sure there's complications for any potential yeah. surgery, yeah. but but as then far the as... question of cutting too much or cutting too little is a serious concern among adults. I bet if you cut too little, then what will happen is they'll come in after it's all healed up and they'll say, "Look, doc, it's you know there's still foreskin," and he'll show you that the foreskin is kind of creeping over the head of his penis, maybe maybe a millimeter, maybe two millimeters, maybe half the head of his penis well, is still covered. Again. Then he has to get it done Oof. again if he wants to. All right, I, I'd like to talk. And then you can cut, let me just finish. You can cut too much. And if you cut too much, it can kind of pull back. And those guys are really miserable because when they get an erection, now their skin's really Ooh. tight and they're unhappy. Do you get a rain check like at the car wash and you get to come back for free and get the <laughs> get it washed again? Uh, no. 
<laughs> so um, so that's I, the answer. So I'd like to talk about the, the – I'm sure there's – I'm making an assumption – different type of procedures on, on, on how to handle this. But but let's talk about the health reasons and why right. one would want to do this or why one... That's, that's the million-dollar question. When you're having this debate, if you're pregnant or whatever, and you're saying to yourself, well, listen, there's, you know, there's all these people now that are looking at everything from a different lens than we used to, a sort of an assumption. It's what people Agreed. do. So We question everything now, we more than we ever have. Right, from vaccinations and everything else. So in this case... The main topic that someone would say on one side of the argument is the health concerns. Is there is there validity to that? So that's very controversial, even among doctors, even in the medical literature. At this time, the you know all the major organizations, the American Academy of Pediatrics to the American Urologic Association, none of them will advocate circumcision for health benefits, but they'll all point out that there are, in fact, benefits. In other mm. words, they won't say that we're going to take a position, right. but they will say that there are health benefits. And the health benefits are essentially the fact that just like I mentioned before, you can get phimosis. There's also something called paraphimosis. These are all negative consequences to having foreskin. They're not common consequences, but they happen, you know, with some regularity in the in what, the What about population. sexually transmitted diseases? We'll talk about that in a second. The the I just wanted to point out that paraphimosis is sometimes the foreskin gets pulled back to expose the head of the penis, and you can't retract it back over again. And when that happens, it can constrict the behind the head of the penis. All that bunched up skin will start constricting, and you can cut blood supply off to the head of the penis. So no, we don't want to. Do we that. don't want that. So we that's a paraphimosis. That. As far as your question about infection risk, yes, you are conferred higher risk of things like HIV transmission, significantly higher risk, statistically significantly higher risk hmm. if you're uncircumcised. And so there was a study done like 15, 20 years ago in Africa where they randomized people to getting in, in who were sexually active and who were known to have sex with multiple partners in regions that had high HIV transmission. And they randomized to getting circumcised versus uncircumcised. And it was so profound the difference in transmissibility among the uncircumcised uh, versus circumcised, meaning the circumcised guys weren't getting HIV, that they had to cancel the study and just start offering free circumcisions wow. to anybody mm -hmm. who wanted it. Wow. Is there a, is there a different daily cleaning ritual there for is. someone who's uncircumcised? When you're uncircumcised, a lot of newborn, a lot of mothers of newborns, they, 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 don't, get the, they don't get the memo, but they're really supposed to be taught to retract their son's foreskin daily and wash the head of the penis and then pull it back over again. And when they don't do that, they can develop what are called adhesions, which is like where the foreskin gets stuck over the head of the penis, and that's phimosis, right? The other issue with foreskin is that only guys who have intact foreskin really are at risk for penile cancer, with some rare exceptions. So like the, so in Africa- Wait, 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 wait hold on. So it's a deadly I, cancer. I'm sorry. I, I just want to make sure I've heard that correct, correctly. You're you're saying, if I understood this correctly, that you are at lower risk for penile cancer if you're circumcised. Virtually no risk. No risk. Like like in Israel, the incidence of penile carcinoma is like penile carcinoma. Yeah, is is literally That's like penile cancer. Right? Is literally almost zero. You really don't hear about that much. You're in right general. because in our country, in most society, people right. are circumcised, so we don't hear about it. Yeah. So in Africa, it's not that unusual. It's not that of an uncommon type of cancer, and it's lethal. It's very deadly. 
And you can get that in in large populations of uncircumcised men. Holy it just smokes. spreads okay. very quickly. All right. And all right. It I, spreads very quickly. All right. I've got another question. Aesthetics. What looks more handsome? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> Go on the chat boards. Let's GB hear it. And Let's hear it, GB. What's your opinion? I, I don't know. I've only known the un the circumcised ah, type. I never. I don't have, know. How many uncircumcised penises have you ever seen? Today, in your life, <laughs> in your in your life, in your life. I I don't know. Have you ever seen one? I'm sure in the locker room I must have seen one. Well, two. Do, do you remember? No. I I wonder if I blocked that out of my mind. I rem- I remember. <laughs> I remember one. That's how rare it was. Yeah. And you remember being like, wow. Yeah, it was just different. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was yeah. a kid. Okay, okay. Well, anyways, the answer to your question, of course, is it's completely subjective. That being said, as I've said earlier, like I think personally what I've noticed as a, as a practice, practicing urologist is that in, the, in, the, um, in metropolitan areas like New York City and Los Angeles, um, I think that there is a greater trend toward people wanting to be circumcised. I think it just has to do with, especially like in LA, there's a ton of, you know, media savviness here in terms of like image consciousness. And the image conscious person tends to lean towards circumcised penis because frankly, if you look at like um, nude pictures, you tend to see those more often. I'm not talking about artistic, I guess I'm talking about pornographic you're seeing probably disproportionately more circumcised penises. And I think that also it just has to be, it's just part of the trend. I think more often in urban areas, people are circumcised. I wonder so if is straight if versus gay trends, any, any difference there in, in terms of you're seeing in your practice about men coming in or, or, is it, or is it tend to be people who are converting to a particular religion? There's the only situation about conversions are like people from Russia who weren't allowed to be circumcised because of oppression or what yeah, have you, right. and so they've come here or, or intermarriage. I would imagine that I've never had happen. You, you've never not had, a single time. Got it. No one's ever come in. Got because, it. Be, because and I guess that goes back to the fact that the bulk of the people here historically have been circumcised. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So what about trends in um, you know in the gay community? Are you seeing anything there? No, I mean, anything? I would say for the same reasons I said before. First of all, gay community more is more uh, you know localized to these urban areas, I think percentage-wise. I think that there's tremendous um, media savviness, image savviness among members of that community. And so I do think there's probably a little lean towards circumcision, more so than even in the heterosexual community. But um, but that's not to say that these are very fluid trends. You know what I'm saying? And they, they shift on a dime. And as you pointed out, like nowadays, people question everything. They question the status quo and they question the non-status yeah. I'd quo. I'd say in the last 10 years, it seems like it's a it's at least percolating in the conversation. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. In terms of whether to do it or not right, to do it. Yeah, right. for sure. For sure. So it's it's interesting. And, um, you know, in terms of doing them, um, most adults, at least in my care, we do it in the office because we can give them a nerve block so that they don't feel a thing. And it takes about 45 minutes to an hour. Really? Some people like to be sedated. And yeah, I was going to say, it. I would think you need to be under well, full anesthesia. A, well, the issue is cost. So when I tell people and they come in, I say, look, I can do it in the office. It'll take me an hour. You don't have to, you know, do it. There's no real preparation for it. Is this like freehand work? 
basically. So there's, there's no, no there's no like uh, no machine. Like, like a machine like you newborns put a cap over are. it, like a can opener, and then you do a can opener. So in newborns, there is a machine. Yeah, I have two sons, and the first one was very, you know, I barely had the uh, the locks on my bagel before. <laughs> Before it was over, <laughs> it was it was quick. The second son, all of a sudden, this guy pulls out looked like some some medieval device. And yeah, like a torture device, there's a right? Clamp and there's there's, there's like mean, arm straps to strap his arms. Yeah, they yeah. call that a uh, a gomco. Oh, I thought that's called here. a brisket. <laughs> that's good. That's good. No, it's like this board. They strap them down and then they put this clamp on the penis and they like screw it down or something and then yeah. he cuts around it right, and then right. he unscrews it and then it's done. Yeah. Um, and then there's the traditional method that the traditional, um, uh, um, I'm thinking, I'm forgetting the, the moils, moils, yeah. the Jewish, it's like a, you know, a ritual. Uh, that means what? Butcher? <laughs> is it? I don't know. No, you speak a no, little Hebrew. No, Moyle is a, is basically it's he's not a rabbi, but he's somebody who's had religious uh yeah, because training. It's a, it, yeah, it's a religious ceremony who's had religious reli- religious and uh pr- professional training in order to perform this procedure. Exactly. Yeah. So he he will put or she, but I think it's mostly men. They'll put like a little I think it's almost I think it's all men. I've never they, seen a I've female, never seen a female. No. They put this kind of um this device that sort of squishes the the foreskin, kind of bunches it up ahead of the head of the penis. Like a clamp. Like a clamp. And then they just have a special blade and they just go, and it's done. It's very fast. Wow. It's very fast. It literally takes like one minute. And and you can't do that on an adult male? No, because the skin is too, at that point, it's too thick thick and vascularized. Vascularized. Yeah, so too many blood vessels and they'll just bleed like crazy. All right, I've got a crazy question. So whenever I've had a procedure or something, you know, removed, the doctor's always sending things back to the lab for a biopsy. Do we send the foreskin? What for happens to the foreskin? Well, you know what, what happens. You know what you're supposed to do for the it's, you're supposed for the to, moils. You're supposed you know, to bury the, it, right? Yeah, the newborn Jewish kids. You're supposed to bury it. Yeah, that's the traditional thing there's to a, do. There's a tree somewhere in Studio City that has uh, <laughs> a, a, a couple has of, incorporated a your son's foreskins yes. in it. Yeah, right. um, no, a, a tree with very large trunks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. You know, it's kind of variable. Um, but uh, if you're in an operating room in a hospital, it's going to go to pathology. It's like standard. Any tissue that's removed moved from the body in an operating room almost 100% of the time must go to the pathology lab. It must. That's it must. Just, that's it's just like a policy. It's just like a rule of the it's hospital. policy, yeah. Oh, I mean, very rarely, well, there's some exceptions. I shouldn't have said that. But most structures that are identified as a structure. In other words, if we're doing a surgery and like there's some fat or dead tissue removing or something like that, we don't send that to the pathology yeah. lab. But if it's an identifiable structure like foreskin or an appendix or something like that, it's always going to go to the pathology lab. Mm. And the other thing I was going to say... So I couldn't take it home if I had a newborn and you were doing this. You couldn't. You No, you wouldn't be you, able to you wouldn't, I, I couldn't. I couldn't, sl- the, I couldn't slip you office, a 20 so you can... I don't... You know, that's a good question, uh, GB. I don't know, actually, if somebody requested it for religion religious purposes yeah. certainly in my office yes, I, was, I will yes, in I my office I, mean, I, I can give them a little jar and put it in there yeah. and you know with with or without a little formalin to help preserve right. it and say here it's for you, you would you take wrap, it. would you wrap it and put a bow with a bow on it? yeah, yeah. Put a bow mix on a little it. swan exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's right but to get back to your question when people say to me okay I want to do this you know 
Um, how much is it going to cost? And then I'll say like, well, we can do it in my office, but if we, and if you want to do it in a surgery center where they put you out, it's going to tack on at least another like three grand. Does the insurance pay for something like that? Only if it's medically necessary, like in the situation of say phimosis. Phimosis. What, what if somebody has then extreme it, anxiety that w- wouldn't uh, about getting the procedure and you're, they're getting the procedure for health reasons? If it's for health reasons, you absolutely can do it in the surgery center and your insurance will pay for it. Of course, if you have a huge deductible, it still may come into play. Let's say you have a $5,000 deductible. So you go to the surgery center and between the surgeon's fee and the surgery center fee, you're looking at like 4500 or 5000 or something, mm. you're going to pay out of pocket. Got it. So then those guys might be, okay, I'll take a Valium and do it in your office, you know, as long as I don't feel anything. And you're like, okay, okay. that's Got the it. deal. Hmm. I am in the mood for brisket now. I got <laughs> I to tell you. I don't it's know. making you hungry. It just happened. It's making you hungry. All right. Well, there you go. All right. We've covered it, man. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's it, the ins and outs. Yeah, of, it's, uh, it's certainly quite uh, a hot topic. It's a hot topic. It is. <laughs> it's funny. It seems to be, it kind of goes in waves. I, I'll suddenly get like a series of you know people requesting consultations for circumcisions, and then you know, and then all of a sudden you know I won't see it for a while. I think it just for some reason goes in in and out like that. Can't explain why. Have you? Hmm. Interesting. And. Uh, are people who have had this done as an adult, do they tend to be satisfied that they got it done? Has anybody ever had any regrets? I mean, I don't recall ever hearing that. Um, I mean, I always will say you got to take it with a grain of salt because maybe they didn't like their result and they went to another urologist and I wouldn't have known that. But in my practice, I mean, maybe over the last 20 years, I can vaguely remember one person was perhaps slightly you know, pointing out that, oh, you know, it is kind of creeping over the the rim of the head of my penis a little bit. I thought it was going to be more pulled back than it is now. And as a surgeon, it's like this real yin and yang kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you if you take off too much, then right. they're going to have that pulling sensation. If you take off too little, then they might be a little dissatisfied with it creeping over. And you have to realize that, like, I would, I always tell, and I always go over this in detail with people at the consultation. And I always say, like, look, if I'm going to err on anything, I'm going to err on leaving you a little extra because you can always like revise that, but it's a lot harder if you take too much. And and this issue is, doesn't is there, happen is in newborns. Is there any fix to that? Yeah, it's, it, if you take too much, yeah. you can do like skin grafts. So so it's reversible if you wanted to. It, it's it theoretically or not even theoretically there are people who do these like circumcision reversals, like certain types of- and Can you use like pig skin? No, they can't do that because your body will reject it. Oh, okay. I think they use either tissue expanders, so you can use like- But don't they grow ears device. on pigs? No, oh, they do like these devices that stretch the skin and then they can use that to, you know, re, oh, uh, give you new foreskin. So that's the graft, they can take skin from another area of the body. That's a graft. That's a graft. And then okay. there's tissue expanders, which they might use on your penile skin, or they might use other places that basically stretch the skin, and then you can use that for you know reconstructing foreskin. Got it. So it's kind of interesting. Okay. I I feel like I'm almost ready to try one of these myself. Try try <laughs> circumcising, even though you've been circumcised. Not me. I'm going to be recircumcised. No, no, no. I'm going to you. Call, you send. You can refer your next patient over to me. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> okay. You're ready to do the yeah, operation. I, think I might be able to. Yeah. You think, yeah. You're, you're like I can try this at home. Why not? <laughs> Well, 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 doctor, this has been quite fascinating and interesting. Oh, yeah. 
there's there's lots of interesting topics here to discuss. Okay. And circumcision is just one of many. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, well, until next time. Yeah. Thanks for the info, Doc. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Right. GB. Right. We'll uh, talk to you guys next week. That's it. All right, guys. Until the care. next one. Yeah.